All right, you guys, I am currently struggling with a pinched nerve in my neck. And if you have ever had one, you know the pain. So I am feeling super thankful for today's sponsor, Tanasi. Tanasi's CBD, CBDA is two times better than CBD alone and better than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. It helps soothe and relieve my aches and pains like my pinched nerve, and it's great for sleep and anxiety, so I put it on right before bed. Tanasi was discovered by a team of chemists and biologists at Middle Tennessee State University, and 5% of all revenue is given back to the university partner for ongoing research. It is THC-free and comes in a range of products. I love the topicals, but you can also choose from soft gels, gummies, and tinctures. Satisfaction is guaranteed. Try Tanasi for 30 days, and if you don't love it, you get a full refund. Go to Tanasi.com and use code MOM to get 25% off at checkout. That's T-A-N-A-S-I.com to get 25% off your first order with promo code MOM. Since learning the truth about alcohol over four years ago, I've become pretty skeptical about anything that seems too good to be true. You know, like alcohol. If you're like me and you can spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away, congrats, you're a skeptic too. Ritual knows that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds our standards. I take Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus every morning because it has high-quality and traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. It's gentle on an empty stomach and has a minty essence in every bottle that helps make taking my multis actually enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com forward slash sober mom. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash sober mom for 25% off. Hi, welcome to the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm your host, Suzanne of My Kind of Sweet and the Sober Mom Life on Instagram. If you are a mama who has questioned your relationship with alcohol at times, if you're wondering if maybe it's making motherhood harder, this is for you. I will be having candid, honest, funny conversations with other moms who have also thought, hmm, maybe motherhood is better without alcohol. Is it possible? We'll chat and we'll talk about all things sobriety and how we've found freedom in sobriety. I don't consider myself an alcoholic. You don't have to either. And maybe life is brighter without alcohol. I hope you will join us on this journey, and I'm so excited to get started. Hello, happy Friday. We have another bonus episode for you today. We're talking with Megan. All right, her story, I think, you know, these are all important stories, and I really do love them all. And it's funny because I've talked to so many sober moms now, but I come away with with a new kind of perspective or bit of info every single time. I love Megan's story because this is not her first try at sobriety, but she said it feels different this time because this time it's not about deprivation and it's not about depriving herself of alcohol. It doesn't feel like punishment. And that is so important. I love that 
so much. I think so much of the time when people are trying to get sober, it does feel like they look at things through the lens of not being able to drink. And I can't drink. And I can't drink normally, whatever that means. This is not that. And so how Megan is looking at it this time, I think is just, it's different. And you can tell that she feels so much better about sobriety. And she's not looking at it as depriving herself of alcohol. And I love it so much. I know you guys will love this conversation. Also, just a reminder, all of these moms are in our Facebook group. So it's the Sober Mom Life on Facebook. Come and join us. There are posts all throughout the day. So if you need sober motivation, tips, inspo, questions, if you want to vent, all of it, it's all there all throughout the day. People are posting. It's my favorite place on the internet. So go and join us. Also, please, if you are loving the podcast, follow it wherever you listen, rate and review it, and then come and follow me on Instagram at The Sober Mom Life and on TikTok at The Sober Mom Life Pod. All right. Enjoy this conversation with Megan. We are starting. I have Megan here. Hi, Megan. Hi. So happy to be here. I'm so glad to have you. Okay. So tell us about yourself. So I am a mom in her late 30s, two young boys, one almost six, one four, and they are wild. I'm sure as you know, I work a full-time corporate America job. Um, Husband is in law enforcement. So both working full-time, drinking, really came very naturally to me. Um, I was always an athlete yeah. growing up. So obviously that was the drug of choice. Yes. I uh, started probably freshman year of high school, you know, a little shot of vodka here or there. And it was just great. It uh, allowed me to let loose. I was always a little bit nervous. So eventually over the year, it kind of became the way to socialize. It was the only way that I was able to not be so awkward and uncomfortable in situations, which has just perpetuated even more as I've gotten older. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I didn't drink while I was pregnant, so that was an adjustment. Um, My husband and I have always pretty much drank since the beginning of our relationship, so that was the beginning of the adjustment and just seeing how our relationship would be during that time. Yeah, I've done some snippets of sobriety here and there, training for a marathon. I'd go, you know, a month without drinking beforehand, but there was always a goal at the end of it. I knew there was an ending in sight, and I was always looking forward to the end of that. Like alcohol was the reward, right? Oh, 100%. And when I got that reward, I don't write it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then last year, I don't even know what started it, but I just said enough. And I spoke with my husband, who says he's supportive, but it's an adjustment in a relationship. As I've said, after 12 years, this is what it's always been. And I went 77 days. And then it was my, my brother was getting married. So there was a whole bunch of things. And I said, I've got this. I could have one or two drinks at a bachelorette party and at the wedding. And I did. Mm-hmm. So I was very proud of myself. But then that started the, the progression into the binge drinking on the weekends. I okay. was not a daily drinker. I always work out. I kept my job. I made it to school events. So I always rationalized I have this under control. And then I started waking up with the 4 a.m. cold sweats, the anxiety, the, you know, oh. the hangovers that last three days, the, the guilt. 
the shame that no one knows that this is what I'm struggling with mentally. Mm-hmm. And then a little over two weeks ago, I uh, got back from a trip from London with my husband, child free. So I'm sure you know alcohol was involved. Yes. And then <laughs> that weekend, we went out and I drank both days. And I just woke up on Monday and I said, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I just feel like I'm mentally struggling. I am unhappy. I am better than this. I deserve more than this. And so that was 15 days ago. And it just feels different this time around. I just, I have no desire to wake up and be hungover. Mm -hmm. Just, I don't want to ever feel like I did that Monday. So only 15 days in, but I feel great. And past like yours and obviously the Quitlet and everything that's available now is just so helpful. So thank you for what you're doing because it really is so helpful. And there's no only in front of 15 days, you know? It is like I've, I talked about this on on a recent episode of like, I totally understand like the counting days thing, how that can be motivating. But also it does like when you say only 15 days, like that's not that's not only like that's a huge thing when your past has been turning to alcohol on the weekends and to celebrate. And so that's a big deal. 15 days. Thank you. Thank you. I feel I feel great. So hopefully it continues. Yeah. And so you said 77 days the last time. That's right. And you felt great during the 77 days or how was that? I did initially. And then it kind of felt like I was punishing myself. I Mm. just knew I mentally wasn't ready at the end of it. I was just, I'm just not mentally there. And while I think a trip to London and a a two-day bender on a weekend, it may not be quote unquote rock bottom, Yeah, but it was just the catalyst just for me to really, like, I do not have a handle on this. And this is not the way that I need to be living my life. My kids deserve more. I deserve more. I'm not achieving all the goals that I feel like I should be. And it was just, it's exhausting to try to moderate. It's exhausting to set all these rules for yourself that I never follow through on. So if you just cut it out and... Yeah. Like Joey said on Full House, cut it out. Oh my God, that's so corny. That's right. Um, <laughs> We're showing our age. <laughs> I know. I'm like doing the thing. So I like your story a lot because I think it's super relatable. I think the story of rock bottom, quote unquote, rock bottom, I think that is more rare, but that tends to be what's highlighted. And so also this idea that you did moderate for a little bit, right? And like, yeah. it might've been like a little white knuckling it, but like you did, you were able to like have a couple of drinks at the bachelorette party or at the wedding. And then it kind of reminds me of me with sugar. Like mm-hmm. I, it's, this was in Jeanette McCurdy's book. Her therapist said, don't let a slip become a slide. And that's what I always think about with these things where it's like, yeah, you can moderate for a little bit because you you can. That's the willpower part of it, right? But then that kind of tricks us into thinking, oh, we've got control over this really highly addictive substance. And you just don't. And and that's not a weakness in you. That's because the substance is really addictive and it's everywhere. That's right. And I think someone told me once, quote unquote, normal drinkers don't have to think about how much they're drinking. They don't have to go out of their way to try to moderate. Okay. Some people can just have one or two. And that's- Is that true? Okay. This is what I'm pushing up against now. I want to hear your thoughts on this because like I saw a sober influencer who I'm going to have on here and I love everything she posts and everything. She was just being hard on herself for not being a quote unquote normal drinker. I just push up against that. Like, 
Can you think of anyone in your life, not calling out names or naming names, but like, I don't, and I've said this before, I think I can think of one person in my life who has not either taken a break from drinking, said, oh my God, I drank too much last night, had some sort of like where they did drink too much, where they did drink more than they wanted to, where they didn't think, oh, maybe I need to stop this for a while, do a sober October. Like, can you think of anyone? I think I do. Okay. Um, my my coworkers now, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, my coworkers now, now that I work in, you know, corporate America, I grew up in restaurants, so everyone drank. And then yes. I worked in law firms and everyone drank. Yes. And now I work um, in an office full of women, actually. Yeah. And some of them don't drink at all. Some of them don't even think about drinking. Like their right. spouses don't drink. And that's just so foreign to me. Right. That was really my first foray into being like, not everyone right. drinks like I do. Right. <laughs> and not everyone drinking, I know yes. does. Yes. But like the people who do drink, I just think it's always this push and pull relationship with alcohol. Most of the time there are drinkers They've questioned their relationship with alcohol. I'm going to say the majority of times, right? I feel most people I know have probably said the next morning, I am never drinking again. Never because drink. they've overdone it, of course. Yes, of course. because of course they have, right? Because that's kind of like by design, that's what alcohol does. Yeah. Okay, so I, I want to get back to your story, but I, this is just something I'm like working out in my head right now about like a normal drinker. I just don't know. I don't know. There's something there. I got to workshop this, but I don't know. There is something there. I, I you know, I feel the same way as you said, the sober uh, person you're going to bring on. You kind of do feel like um, it's a loss of power. Like, why can't I just have one or two drinks? My husband can have one or two. I mean, he can go and party like the best of them. Right. But he can have one drink and he's like, all right, I'm good. Like, I could never, like, what is the point right. of drinking if you are not getting drunk? Like, why? Yeah, you're like, if I can't feel it, why would I even <laughs> exactly. like, yeah, yeah. Like, I know there's something wrong with the way that I perceive myself while drinking, I think okay. was my hitting point. So maybe that's yeah, the issue. I can understand that. I want to make sure. Yeah. Because when I hear normal, like, why can't I drink normally like other people? I, I hear a lot of shame in that mm -hmm. for you, you know, for the person who's saying it. And it's like, well, I, I think that's a grass is greener idea. and. One thing that hits me all the time in these conversations is like people are saying, yeah, no one would know how much I was drinking or how much my drinking was affecting me. Like no one knew. And what that tells me is that we don't know. We don't know how much other people are drinking, how much, even if they're not drinking a lot, quote unquote, how their drinking is affecting them and their mental health and if they're struggling with it. So on the outside, they might look like a normal drinker, quote unquote. I think that we all, the majority of people who are drinking, have this push and pull relationship with it. And that's a great way of looking at it. Just as people didn't know what was going on with me, I yeah. certainly don't know what's going on in someone else's head either. Yeah. So it's it's easy to put the shame on ourselves. Like, God, why can't I be like so-and-so? And it's like, well, you don't know what's going on over there either. You know, like... That's, that's very fair. That's right. Yeah. So you started to moderate and then the slip kind of became the slide, which of course, right? That's what happens. So how does this time feel different for you? I'm not viewing it, at least at this point in the process, I don't view it as a punishment or I have to beat myself up because there's 
something wrong with me. Yeah. You know, it's nice to wake up every day at 6 a.m. and have a cup of coffee on a Monday morning specifically mm-hmm. before my kids wake up and I don't have a headache and I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, the the dry mouth and the these kids are annoying me because I'm hungover and I have to get them ready for school. And there's just so much more to life than just waking up in the morning like that. Yeah. And I just think viewing it as an opportunity to start a new chapter in life as opposed to I guess, mourning or punishing myself for the last 20 years. Mm. It's like everything is just in the mindset on how you view something. So I'm going to just try to ride this happy wave as long as I can. Yeah. And one of my fears now is it's almost like I'm secretly sober. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because, you know, to your point, like you say so many times, it's alcohol is just so ingrained in our culture. Yeah. And it's almost like people view you as, Oh, did you do you have a problem? Or right. Like what's, what's why would you stop drinking? You? Or what if they don't want to hang out with me? Or mm-hmm. I don't want them to feel a certain way about themselves, which is their own issue, I understand yeah. rationally. Right. But um, it plays into it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm working through that, even telling my husband, I can see he's supportive, but he's questioning, well, what does this mean for me? What if we go to a wedding? Am I allowed to drink? And it's like Right. So is your hus- your husband still drinking? He can still like, how is that going? I, I talked him through my mental process and why this is really important to me. But I think, you know, he's heard me say it a few times over the years. I don't think he's convinced it's long term, nor do I particularly think he wants it to be long term, to be honest. Yeah. It's such a drastic change in our relationship and what we've always done, especially with kids. You know, you have a very rare night out. We'd have dinner, a couple of drinks, have a couple of drinks at the bar afterwards. And now it's just, a different dynamic. So I think there's a little bit of fear in that on both sides. Yeah. But I certainly don't want to tell him you can't drink when you're out with your buddies or anything, but there is a little bit of resentment there that I'm trying to work through for sure. Yeah. I mean, my biggest advice, I I think back to when I was just a couple of weeks sober. Yeah. There are way more questions than answers, right? It's pretty much like just all questions. And so just knowing that, right, like I didn't have any, I still don't have a lot of the answers, but I don't think that you have to. So I think if you wait to have all of those questions answered, you probably won't start your sober journey, you know? Yeah. Because it does, so much is revealed in these, especially I think this first year of sobriety, so much stuff comes up. Yeah. I guess my biggest advice is just not to try to figure it all out now because you can't. And that's that's really, that's really hard. It's really scary. And I totally can relate to the husband thing. My husband still drinks. And yeah, I think at first mine was similar to yours. Like he was like, "Mm, okay, let's (laughs) see. Right. Let's see how long this lasts. Like I'm, I've heard this before. And then I kind of became like crazed about it. Like I was like, oh my God, did you know that alcohol does this and this and this? And he's like, wait, really? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like he, like he's just like, I was just not proselytizing, like trying to convert him to sobriety. I was just really excited about the stuff I was learning mm-hmm. and I wanted to share. And before I like came out as a sobriety influencer, he was my only audience. So like I could literally only just tell him because I wasn't like you. I wasn't telling anybody else because what are you going to do? Like make a post on Facebook like I am now sober, period. (laughs) The end. 
it might work. It might hold me, hold myself accountable actually, if I did that. Um, yeah. You'll know when it's, when you feel ready to share and whatever you want to share. It makes it more real to share. So it's a process like everything else, but like I said, hearing your story and, you know, I posted my story on the Facebook group that you started and just the positive reactions and so many women who just related to what I had to say. It's just nice to know that there is a group of women, moms, people in general out there who share the same struggles and are working through the same thing. And we're not alone in this. And it's just super helpful. And I'm sure I speak for everyone when we say we're just so grateful for what you and all the other sober influencers are doing for the community. Thank you. I mean, it just feels necessary. Like it feels like, well, of course, like uh, this is something that I'm doing it because when I first shared my story, the outreach and the the responses were, I, I couldn't keep up. And that's just continued, which just shows me that like, this is so needed. Like so many women, especially moms are struggling with this. And like, just like your story, it's not the rock bottom. I didn't lose everything. They just are sick of feeling horrible Monday mornings, you know? And I love the idea that this time around for you, it's not about depriving yourself. And so that really takes the focus off alcohol. Like when you think- Oh, 100%. Right? Like before, sometimes that's my issue with the Sober October stuff. I like that it gets people thinking about life without alcohol, but generally they're counting down to alcohol and they're looking at their lives through a lens of not having alcohol instead of living their lives through a lens of like full freedom from alcohol and in sobriety. That's right. Even we went out to dinner on Saturday with our kids. And like for the first time I looked at the food menu, it wasn't all about what martini am I going to get? I was like, I'm going to get an appetizer. I'm going to get a meal. And then I'm going to share the dessert with my kids. And it was like the first time I was like, oh, I'm actually eating a meal at a restaurant instead of just focusing on how many drinks I can have before I go to, you know, some Halloween fest with my children. Yeah. And I was, it was great. It was so much fun. And I was, I remember the whole night I didn't black out or anything, you know, at a kid's event, there's a lot in that sentence, but (laughs) no, but I I think, dude, especially around here, like parents drink while trick or treating, like it's a thing. Parents will add alcohol to any situation. Oh, I've done it for many years. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. First birthday parties, baptisms, you name it. There is alcohol there for sure. Yeah, sure. well, that is amazing. And so I like to think about, like you said, you have 15 days. I like to think about rather than counting days, because I do think sometimes counting days, if it empowers you, great. Like that's amazing. You like to check off those days and like count those days up. But if it feels a little bit more punishing or just like you're just not feeling inspired, I like to think about counting the firsts instead. Mm -hmm. And so like, what are some first, like sober firsts that you're excited to tick off? Oof. So I'm, well, it's not, wouldn't be a first sober first birthday party I've been to. Yeah. Um, But it is, we used to live in, in the city. And so it's in the city and it's at this restaurant that was always the party restaurant. Okay. So I'm going there on Saturday with a bunch of big drinkers. Okay. And so it'll be the first time that I'm around that group, non-pregnant, sober, choosing to be sober. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm actually excited. I'm not nervous, which is odd because the last time around I was nervous and I was 
already, what am I going to tell people? How am I going to explain to people why I'm not drinking? They're going to think I'm pregnant. They're going to, you know, the whole thing that you go through with the mental torture in your head. And now I'm just excited to, to be there, to be present, to eat all the food at a party for once. (laughs) So, you know, I can drive home and if there's an emergency, I can help someone else who's drinking. It's just, I'm looking at it as an opportunity than as a punishment, which is, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, I'm so excited for you. That's amazing. You know, I think the best thing about like going to a party while you're sober, like you leave when you're tired, (laughs) which please, I know. (laughs) Like I was like, oh my God, I'm tired. I was like, oh my God, I'm tired. (laughs) Like exactly. I can know that I'm tired and that means I want to sleep. That's that's, right. That's great. That's right. Or not stay longer than when my kids want to stay because I want to keep drinking and I'm just throwing a tablet in their face because I want to keep the party going when it, it really should end. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I know that some people early on in their sobriety journey, that would scare them. And I totally understand that. Like, if you're not ready to do that, don't do it. You don't have to. You could say no to everything. But it's interesting to see that you're excited for this opportunity to like experience this sober. I think that's amazing, too. I still feel like that every like I like to go to places where people are drinking. Mm, interesting. I do. I, I said in a recent episode, I'm like, you know, it's just so easy to romanticize alcohol when you're not around it. Like, it's so easy to like conjure these things in your head about what it would be and what it would feel like. There is nothing more kind of just that inspires me more in my sobriety than being around a room full of people drinking. <laughs> I will... Keep that in mind on Saturday when I'm around a bunch of drunk people and I'm just like, this used to be me. Oh my gosh. Like, And even like you can just tell when you're of clear mind, you can just tell the volume slowly starts going up pretty early on. Like it doesn't even take, it takes maybe one drink, maybe two. Like everyone gets louder and you're like, okay, why are you talking? You know, why are you talking so long? And then the stories start repeating. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, you already you already said that. Okay. Like we're getting Mm -hmm. heightened. And then like the makeup starts getting a little bit like just the stuff that these people who walked in perfectly put together. It's like you see them sort of melting and it's like, oh, right. And it's, that was me. Yeah, that was me. Like that was all of us. And it's, it's no judgment to them, but it's just, yeah, it's, it's more affirmation that I don't want to be like that anymore. It is. It's like, oh, okay, I've done that. And I know how that ends. Like I've I've tried that. That's right. And so now right. we're trying something else. And the something else is way better. <laughs> I know. I always see people on postings, I'm a year sober, I'm this much sober, and I would always get so jealous. And I'm just work your way to that. Yeah. An end goal. Instead of an end goal, I'm going to get wasted at the end of the month. It's an right. end goal of I'm going to make it 30 days, 60 days, whatever. Yeah. Whatever, whatever needs motivates to be. you. Yeah. Or I'm going to, yeah, like I'm going to go to this party where normally I would have gotten drunk or wasted. I'm going to do it sober and I'm going to come home comfy and cozy in my bed and wake up in the morning feeling great. And that in itself is a huge success in sobriety. And you get to do that like over and over mm-hmm. and over again. That's the That's coolest right. part. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited for you. Okay. One more question. What have you found is like your biggest go-to in your sobriety toolbox so far? What helps you when you're feeling anxious or down, mm. or questioning everything? 
Probably listening to podcasts and mm-hmm. Quitlet, a major thing, and this may be so shallow. I no, love looking I, at the before it. and after pictures, the before and after pictures of what people look like before and what they look like after. Yes. And it's so motivating and so inspiring. And it's just such a dramatic difference all the time. Yeah. And I find that super helpful. So that's such a good one. I love that. I love the idea even of you doing your own before and after for yourself before Mm -hmm. and during, you know, and like comparing those pictures, even if it's not like, you know, some people lose a tremendous amount of weight and it's like a crazy before and after. But even if it's not that, you can see in the skin, in the eyes, in the smile, like it's pretty crazy how the differences in those before and after Mm -hmm. pictures. Yeah, they're great and they're super motivating. So if anyone needs a toolbox, just Google before and after alcohol. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, you guys start sharing your before and afters in the group. That would be great. Oh, yes. Yeah, right? Yes, totally. I'm going to have to find my before could be like, I don't know. I'll find find a before. (laughs) I'll share mine. Okay. That's our task. We're all going to share it. Well, whoever is comfortable, we could share before and after pictures in the group. That's great. Megan, I love this talk so much. I'm so proud of you. I'm proud of you for just, you know, it's this ride. It's not the, okay, quit. And then that's it. It's the coming back to it and learning and trying it again and figuring out what works for you. And that's what you're doing. And I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me and yes, of course. everything that you're doing for all of us. Yes, of course. Well, thank you so much. We'll see you in the group. Now I know. Now I know who you are. I love this. I could put a face to a name. Perfect. Thanks again so much. Okay. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it. All yeah, Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Sober Mom Life. If you loved it, please rate and review it wherever you listen. Five stars is amazing. Also, follow me on Instagram at The Sober Mom Life. Okay, I'll see you next week. I'm going to go reheat my coffee. Bye. Why are we doing an ad again? So that we can tell people about brand new information, a pop culture and political podcast. Say it in a way that doesn't sound like game show host. Okay. Do you want to be in a room of overeducated douchebags and feel comfortable? Brand new information is for you. What's it going to take to put you in this podcast today? We have brand new information on sale for free. Free. Wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. We might not break the political and pop culture news of the week. But we put it right back together for you. That's right. Listen wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there.